0: You're listening to Opera Innovations, a podcast brought to you by ABA Technologies. This month on Thought Leaders, we're back with Dr. Sigrid Glenn as she answers the questions, where do you see the field going and or where would she like to see the field go? So, where do you see the field going and or where would you like to see the field go?
1: Well, we're... I think, it's, uh, I think it's growing in many ways. Uh, I think that we are becoming much more um, understanding that as we mature as a discipline, we, we continue to expand, uh, that things never stay the same. And, and that's my experience in life. That things never stay the same. So you just expect them to change. This is how I see them changing at this point. I see a much more willingness to consider uh, theoretical, literally theoretical issues, not just conceptual, but theoretical. And I think it's happening. that experimental people are... Branching into that after many years of being basically strictly empirical, experimental, and mathematical, and that business, so they, there's a there's a cadre of brilliant experimenters who are looking at uh, philosophical science, philosophy of science issues, and uh, generally theoretical issues, and I think that is a good thing. Uh, and I I hope it continues and can branch out in different ways. Uh, it's not like there's some one theory that everybody's going to... It's just exploring the possibilities, and I think of people like Peter Killeen and uh, Billy Baum and what we're doing in cultural behavioral science and a number of other uh, people... Um, that are, are more inclined in that direction so i think that's one thing the second thing is i think that the applied field will continue to grow uh, i think it will i'm a little concerned that some of the pushback that is happening might cut might cause some problems mm-hmm. But I think the way to deal with that is to get better at our, science, our applied science uh, and more um, and just continue developing it, the applied science. I think a, a lot of what we're doing is really good practice, or some of it may not be so good. I don't know what everybody's doing, but I know that there's practice going on and people are getting better. So that's happening. but a, a lot of it is not pl- applied science. It's, and it's okay, but we need the applied science piece. <laughs> so we need that built out, I think. So I think that that's, I don't know that it's going there, but I think it may be. I hope it does. I for do some those... of the
0: people who are wondering what your, what would you consider the difference between, you know, the applied science versus...
1: Uh, the, let me tell you some of the people who seem to be taking an applied science approach, as far as I can tell. For example, the uh autism partnership in California, uh, the uh, let's see, uh, uh names uh, John McCacken, um, Justin, uh, what's his name, Justin can't remember his name right now. I've gotten better names. Uh, used to be able to memorize every student in my graduate class the first night of class. Now I can remember them, many of them, most of them. But it, it, give me a new one. And, uh, Justin, Justin, Justin. I don't remember his name. Shala um, uh Not in autism, but in business is Carl Binder uh guy guy bruce they're taking an applied science approach it seems to me you know uh but again i i don't see any problem with people being strictly clinicians uh, because we need everything we need all of the above uh you know sometimes people Argue about we ought to have this and not enough of that, and too much of this, and I no no never too much of anything. <laughs> what we need is we may need more of this, but not less of that. <laughs> so, so anyway, that's uh, that's what I see coming. That's the what I see is the future. <clears throat> I'm a little concerned about the fact that. When these brilliant people such as Bill Baum and Peter Colleen, retire, uh, they don't always get replaced with a behavior analyst, which means the, the basic science part might shrink. But I think probably even more endangered than that might be the Skinnerian philosophy of science, radical behaviorism, because... The experimentalists probably can get a job in in psychology or maybe the medical school uh, doing their behavioral stuff. Uh, but the uh, I'm not sure that, um, the people who are pushing and pushing forward on radical behaviorism, people like David Palmer and Hank Schlinger, those people who are really doing a good job on that, I don't know if they'll be replaced where they are. Uh, Although some of the new programs seem to be inclined to find people who will move that forward. So I'm hoping that happens. It's really hard to get those kind of positions in academia uh, they you know there's a lot of a lot of struggle to get any academic position and to get those that are not immediately bringing in a lot of money uh, it's harder to get get those kind of positions so I hope we don't see a loss there so I don't I'm not sure I that's, that's just kind of a way back, look at it from far away uh, picture. Yeah. I think ABBA is doing a great job of bringing people in from other fields to uh, st- that have something in common with us. And so that's how I met Marvin Harris. That's how I met David Hall. Uh, and that's how many behavior analysts have met people who th- – who who don't reject us, you know they 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 see that we we fit in the picture somewhere, uh, so I think that's really good. I think that has, I think Abba's doing that has been very critical to the uh, expansion of behavior analysis that that I just described.
0: Well, and I can completely understand what you're saying about you know some of the the EABers, the more basic researchers. I've always kind of wondered too, because I come from a, like I came from a program that had a very heavy experimental side as well at Western. And I always kind of wondered, I was like, this is so great that we're doing that we're doing this. But I always kind of wondered too, how, that's going to move forward. Are they going to start merging more with maybe some of the other, you know, the other fields, the other courses of study that are at the school, or you know, are they going to stay, you know, in the psych department at Western? Um, because I mean, Western psych program is massive, and they have four different tracks you can go yeah. on depending yeah. on what you want to do, but. It's, it's, that's definitely an interesting perspective. I don't know. I don't know if I like has specifically like really thought about it, but it's like right now, that's exactly where my brain went is okay, what other, you know, fields of study could they merge with? Yeah. And my brain just started going from the research that I knew about at the time when I was there. Yeah. And I think one thing too that people maybe, more interested in now is the CBS stuff. And this is a question I see a lot on social media is what else can I do with my degree other than clinical work? Yeah. And yes, it's a good question. Yeah. And I always, you know, I always try to assist as much as I can and give some examples But how do you have any suggestions for, you know, maybe some individuals who are looking to, you know, get out and find some of these new areas, maybe in the CBS realm, you know, public policy, um, social justice, health, anything like that. Do you have any suggestions for how people should, you know, get out there and learn more or, you know, get involved
1: well, you know, I think the the way it's going to happen is the way you're doing it. It's pick an area that you're interested in that you can make use of your knowledge of behavior in. Maybe not while you're in graduate school very much, but when you get out. And I think that is one of the main things, you know, people have been working in this area for decades, you know, Steve Fawcett in at the University of Kansas, uh, he, he did experiments in the seventies, and Scott Geller, you know. Now Scott takes a fairly individualized approach; he doesn't take a mass approach. But it, it's he. But what he did was very creative, you know, like put up signs to fasten your seatbelt and pass out things on an airplane to individual people and stuff like that. So, uh, so he was a, an important, uh, he, he kept pushing that too. He kept telling us we need to do more of this. Uh, but uh, so I think that that that's probably the way to do it is to get involved with uh, Mel Hovel. Do you know him? He is out in California. He he got his Ph.D. from Kansas many decades ago. He's about to retire. Maybe he's retired. But he was in public health. And he had a whole career in public health using his behavior analysis. Uh, So he got a a degree, like an MPH. And then he, he started getting jobs in public health, but he used his behavior analysis in it. So I think that's the way to do it. I think the way to do it is to get a, bachelor, a master's degree in behavior analysis. And then if you're not interested in being an experimenter or you're interested in doing some of the things that if you want to connect to other things, then get the Ph.D. in something else. Neuroscience is another one. A number of our students have gotten their Ph.D. in neuroscience and uh, to one of our master's level students who got her doctorate in neuroscience from Southwestern medical school just came back to our faculty and she is also doing work on, on, uh, uh, cultural behavior stuff. So she's doing neuroscience. She's connecting at that level, the two fields. She's also connecting the two fields through cultural behavior science. So, So I think that's what I'd recommend.
0: Yeah. And I think that that, I think you make a really good point is, and this is something that you and I had talked about is that when I, you know, when I'm going into this program, it's a brand new program, it's public policy. You know, I know very little. My goal is not to go in there all guns a blazing and you know what I mean? Like, no, you're going to burn bridges that way.
1: Right. Right. If right. you want
0: to go into a field, you have to go in there and connect. You have to learn. You have to be open to learning. And yes. and I don't want to really want to use the word infiltrate, but kind of. It's, you have to learn. You have to become a part of that community and part exactly. of those networks and not go in there thinking that my it's, you know, my way or the highway, because that's not going to get us anywhere and i think we have some you've named so many of them we have some absolutely amazing people who have been able to do this effectively and i think we just need to like you said start doing it at larger scales Mm -hmm. and something linda leblanc told me when um, i had the pleasure to ask her her um her opinion on what i should do for you know continuing forward and she goes well it would be much more effective to teach at the time i was thinking about business so she goes it would be much more effective to teach business students about the science of behavior than it would be to teach behavior analysts or behavior analytics students about business and so that's what that what really helped me start focusing my my search mm-hmm. on programs that were not behavior analytic in nature. Mm-hmm. And it was hard for me, and I did feel like I was kind of turning my back on the field a little bit. And then I realized everything that I hope to do with it one day was yeah. bringing these together.
1: Yes. So,
0: and it's possible, people. It's possible to switch. <laughs> that was probably one of my biggest concerns. Was I hey. have no background in this at all?
1: <laughs> well, yeah, I switched when I majored in psychology. I switched from theater. It's easy to switch. You're right. I know most. It's very easy. I wanted to tell you a brief story. It may help you in in your uh, in your work as you go along. If you ever, if you ever if you okay, I'll tell you a story and I'll tell you what I'm going to tell you. Do you know, are you familiar with the name Louise Barrett? Familiar, yes. She came to ABBA a few years ago. She's a brilliant researcher in animal social behavior. Uh, she is at the University of Lethbridge in Canada. One of our master's degree students is earning her PhD with her. When I say our, by the way, I've been retired for 10 years. So it's not really our, but I think of them as our. Louise Barrett is really brilliant. And she's very behavioral, very behavioral. And she was giving a talk one time. And she was talking about the behavior of the animals that she was studying and what she was learning. And somebody in the audience said, Uh, you know, you're sounding awful lot like a Skinnerian. And she said, and what's wrong with that? She didn't try to defend it. She put the onus back on him to say, what's wrong with it? And so I give you that because somebody will accuse you of being a behaviorist even if you never tell them that you're a behaviorist, because just from what you say, they say, you sound like a behaviorist. So you say very sweetly, "And what's wrong with that? You know? Uh, that is, that then, is
0: Yes. I, I like that a lot. I like that a lot. So I thought
1: it was brilliant. Uh, she wrote a book that you might be interested in as kind of a fun book to read. It's called beyond the brain. And the book basically is about learning involves the whole body, the brain and the rest of the body. It's uh, it's not the brain that learns. It's the organism that learns. And she gives examples of spiders and other animals demonstrating that it's It's that it's really wonderful book, easy to read, fun to read, not too long (laughs) for people that it's not their field. Anyway, throw that out. Adding that to my to my Amazon wish list. Yeah, she (laughs) she she also um, gave a talk that her her, our former student that's working with her sent me a link to a. May have been a TED talk. It was, no, it was a talk at her university. Hmm. Uh, she it was, but it was wonderful how she combined J.J. Gibson. Do you know who that is? I don't know. Okay, J.J. Gibson was a uh, psychologist in the twentieth century okay. who studied perception, and oh. he basically he basically said perception is more than what's coming in. It's it involves the whole body oh, okay okay uh, and so she was combining gibsonian ideas and then he has a concept of the uh, the affordances is the behave the environment affords opportunities to the organism okay that so, sounds familiar yeah so so anyway those are some people that are outside of behavior analysis per se, but whose work is very consistent with our work.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's, that's,
0: I love hearing that. And I love getting recommend reading recommendations because I have an entire, I've, my bookshelf is full of recommendations from other people about, hey, this is really cool. It's not necessarily exactly behavior analytic, but It mixes it in there. I'm like, no, that's perfect. Yeah. Because that's what we need. That's yeah. what we need. Um, you know, we don't need to shove it down people's throats. Right. We just, all we have to do is show them what happens
1: and they will come. It's really all it is.
0: <laughs> it's the <best> <laughs> it.
1: it really is. But do you, in showing them, you, as you said, you don't cram it down their throat yep. and you don't force them to, you don't force them to buy the whole nine yards. You, all you try to do is sell them a square inch because once they get that square inch and they find out they're going to go on to the, another inch and another inch and so forth and eventually get to the whole nine yards.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I mean, honestly, probably a personal example of my own that really made me realize that was when I was doing some independent consulting, I was, I knew I didn't, I started in clinical and I, I knew I didn't want to stay in clinical. Like I knew that going into it. Um, but I found out I really loved the, once I got to the pro, like the, the behavior analytic program director side of it, I really loved like the systems and the training and the this and the, that. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. I, I learned a lot. And yeah, it made me want to keep learning even more. And I was like, two years wasn't enough. (laughs) My uh, my mom, my mom has always said, she's like, you are my child that if they pay you, you will just go to school for the rest of your life. And I said, (laughs) "Me too." you are correct, mom. (laughs) That is me. (laughs) So, um, so yes. Uh, well, really quick, just so I don't miss anything, because it's very easy for me to get off track um, and talk about everything else. Um, is there anything else that you want to say to any of the potential listeners, who you know maybe in school or maybe looking for a new program or maybe looking just for a switch about the field or what they could be doing or any or anything to any of the listeners?
1: Well, my advice to students has always been, or anybody else as far as that's concerned, has been find what you're really deeply passionate about. Find what you're, you have an abundant interest in and do it. Find a way to do it. You can find a way to do it. And
0: I think that is absolutely wonderful advice. So thank you so much for talking about everything today.
1: You're very welcome, Shauna. I've I've had a delightful conversation with you.
0: Thank you for listening to this month's episode of Thought Leaders. Come back next month as we talk with Dr. Bill Heward and learn about his story and his life. And as always, if you have questions, comments, feedback, or suggestions, please feel free to reach out to us at opera innovations at abatechnologies.com.